Welcome to the What Do You Do With Your 24 podcast. From 24 Tire, I am Ty Rickstrew, and my guest today is Bryce Lobb. He is from <laughs> he's from Wichita, Kansas, and the owner and founder of One Life Spirits. One Life Spirits produces products such as Unavita, Tequila, El Trago, and Le Bon Orange Liqueur. Welcome to the podcast, Bryce. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super stoked to have you on. I know whenever I started making my list of people I wanted, I was... You were top of my list, um, for sure. Glad to have made so, it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think for a lot of different reasons, but I think just seeing someone from my area out there killing it is definitely intriguing and wanted, wanted to talk more, so. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, let's, I know you don't want to talk too much about you, but I just want to talk about you a little bit before we dive into some other subjects, but like, tell me a little bit about Bryce um, and kind of the start of Unavita. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from Wichita. Uh, I went and played football at Coffeeville. Uh, after I graduated, I went to independent, uh, transferred, well, not transferred. I stopped playing football and went to K-State. Mm. Um, I graduated from K-State dual major marketing and entrepreneurship, um, and uh, minor in economics. Um, and I started a bloody Mary company, uh, with some people when I was a senior in college. Um, decided I wanted out of Kansas for a little bit, like most people do, just kind of try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my wife and I moved to Denver and I did the Bloody Mary business uh, out of Denver where I met my business partner, Zach, who was the first employee of a startup tequila brand. And so him and I kind of hit it off. We met through a party. Uh, we just kind of realized we were both in the same industry. I knew nothing about tequila. Um, I was fresh out of college taking 50 cent shots. Um, so (laughs) my knowledge was very little and, uh, he was kind of in the same boat, but like he was learning and, you know, he was their first employee of this tequila company. And, um, I started asking him if I paid my way, can I come learn about tequila? Can I come down to Mexico? Can we just kind of learn? And he was like, absolutely. Uh, you can, come with me. I don't really know anything either. And he was new to Denver too. So he's from St. Louis originally. Um, so him and his fiance moved out there. He has some family out there. And so, uh, I started traveling down we started building relationships, just kind of learning the ins and outs of tequila. Um, did that for two years. Uh, fast forward to about 2016, we kind of got the grand idea that we wanted to do our own tequila brand from scratch. Um, so then around 2017 started to become a reality and then we were able to launch May of 2018 with Unavita. Um, and we launched in St. Louis first and then Wichita a couple months after that. So been around the market coming up on five years. Our, uh, five year anniversary is May 4th. Nice. What a great day. I know (laughs) one day short of Cinco, but yeah, I know it was a good time for us to be able to launch like right then. Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. May the fourth be with May you. May the fourth yeah. be with you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the short version of how One Life Spirits kind of got started. That's awesome. How many times have you told that story? I don't know. A lot of people <laughs> ask me like, "How the hell does a guy from Wichita start making tequila?" Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a few. Uh, I mean, so our our main business, One Life Spirits, we're a federal alcohol importer. Um, so I own the import company. Uh, that but we only import our brands um so okay. i i won't like import other people's brands we've been asked before you know for some brands to need that need help getting mm-hmm. uh to the u.s um we just import our brands so our brands right okay. now are unavita and el trago but then Lebon we make that's our first american made product so that's made here in oh, union okay. missouri awesome yep I feel like that was probably harder to get than probably building the entire tequila out, huh? A little bit. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's quite a process. um, But yeah, it's kind of important that we own that import company and Mm -hmm. we kind of 
can do everything ourselves. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's nice. That's awesome. Very cool. I didn't know that. That's I feel like that's super unique. Um, so like when it gets into, I feel like I just have a thousand questions that I kind of, I'm like, there's so Rattle much, there's so much that like goes into, I feel like building it. Um, what made you want to launch in St. Louis and Wichita first than going anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people overlook, uh, Missouri and Kansas Midwest. Uh, you know, a lot of brands are built New York, California, Florida, uh, Texas. And then, you know, after three or so years, they work their way to the middle. Um, and I see it even more now when it comes to allocated items, uh, that they don't focus on Kansas. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we don't have the population and so they just, there's no point in them, you know, allocated items get given to the top accounts that are able to sell them. And some brands just don't even focus on this. And we're, pretty loyal people here in the Midwest and mm-hmm. you know, there's not much to do, but drink alcohol and go out <laughs> and, you know, and so, well, it's a great market for us. So when we kind of launched, it was, let's go focus on our home States. Um, and we really just honed in and focused on Missouri and Kansas. And I mean, we're sold in other States now, but mm-hmm. we, even when we had inventory issues during COVID, this was, we pulled from other markets to make sure Missouri and Kansas were taken care of. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people just kind of like overlook their, I mean, when starting out, I feel like not necessarily just with like tequila, but like any business, it's like everyone always thinks like, oh, I got to get to LA or New York or these big cities and stuff. And I think it's just super cool that you guys kind of started in your roots and then are expanding out. Yeah. And I mean, we're in Texas and we do very well in Texas Mm -hmm. um, and we'll make it to those markets eventually. But as you see, I do a lot, we do a lot of traveling in our cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so accessibility wise, it makes sense to continue to focus on the areas that we're touching, mm-hmm. uh, rather than jump to another state on the coast just cause everyone thinks we should be there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's still a lot of room for me to grow, especially just here in Kansas that there's no need for me to go yeah. anywhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. I love watching you guys on Instagram, like you and your, like, everything just because it's like i've never seen a company being built in front of my eyes (laughs) like literally like so if if you guys follow people on like your instagram or anything it's literally just watching this company grow and grow and grow because you keep up with it like new account here new account there i'm out here literally in the trenches getting these new accounts and i just think that's super awesome i I try i'm on my phone a little too much yeah maybe that's what it is yeah (laughs) Uh, trying to run every page and post that stuff and keep up with it Mm -hmm. it's a lot but yeah, it's it's I don't know. For us it's important to show love back to the accounts that are yeah, you know, supporting us and whether that's the bartender or liquor store or whatever, like we try and promote as much as possible. It's a it's a free platform. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to use all of them as much as possible. Now as we're adding brands, it's just adding to the plate, but yeah. You know, <laughs> the more we can get it out there, the better. Yeah, you're gonna start getting two phones. I know. Be able to log into all. The my accounts. business partner has two phones. He's yeah. like, I got my burner phone and I've got my regular <laughs> phone. But and at one point, I was like, that seems nice. He's like, no, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Because I know, especially with like marketing, we do at a certain point. Like, I can't be logged into everyone's accounts. No, well, I, even Instagram yeah. won't let me yeah. log into anymore. So mm-hmm. like, I will eventually probably have to get yeah. either another one <laughs> or I'll just have to do one from my desktop. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. So it seems like you're uh, always traveling and super busy and stuff. Like what, what makes you, uh, like how do you stay up on 
getting anything done when you have so much to do? It's a great question. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just a naturally driven person, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I make a list and I knock, knock out the list. Um, and I just know that there's, there's always work to get done. Um, and I'm just not one to just kind of be lazy and sit yeah. around. So, uh, this is eat, sleep and breathe booze. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's just kind of what, what we do. And, you know, I don't have to manage my business partner. He didn't have to manage me. We both play our roles and it's just, we know both of us will accomplish as much as we possibly can in a given day. And mm-hmm. whatever we don't get that day just rolls over into the next day and seven days a week. Yeah. Do you guys have any other employees or is it just yeah. you guys? Yep. So we've got three. Um, Oliver's been our longest employee. I think we're coming up on like three years. Um, and so he was our photographer, videographer, and now he's a jack of all trades that, you know, he does events for us. He does tastings. He goes out and sells when we blitz markets. Uh, and then we have a part-time person in Kansas city. Um, and so she, uh, had been doing tastings for us, um, and is like slowly kind of taking on more of a role up there in Kansas city. And then we have a full-time rep in Dallas. Nice. Um, and so she is seven days a week selling tastings, events, promos, pretty much whatever we need her to do. Um, nice. but yeah, those two are fairly new. Oliver's been with us the longest though. Yeah. Yeah. How is it like managing people? Stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite stressful. Um, it's good. I mean, we obviously, uh, it, it's a necessity to grow, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely a, a learning curve. Uh, we've had to talk about, you know, the best ways to go about managing and being a leader and making sure we're not micromanaging, but also making sure everyone's getting their work done. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still learning that, and, you know, we're still finding ways um, that both parties are happy and people enjoy what they do. But at the same time, you're getting your work done and we're able to see what you're getting. Cause I mean, we're, we're in an industry where I don't have a brick and mortar. I don't have a office. Mm-hmm. Everyone creates their own schedule. Um, so I just kind of have to rely on the honor system that everyone's getting their work done. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're learning, uh, yeah. you know, it's been a, <laughs> a stressful transition, yeah. but Good. No, I mean, yeah. numbers are going up, so that's oh, great. So everyone's getting their work done. Everyone's getting their work done. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of my issues. When I first started hiring people, was I didn't want to micromanage so bad I wasn't man- managing, mm-hmm. and then I had to like dial it back in a little bit and realize that like some of it is good. Yeah. To, like get in and just like lead and talk and manage mm-hmm. and not because I feel like I was just so far of like I hate working a nine to five and I hate having busy work. And so I was actually talking to Rodney about this of like, he put it really well. I was like, I'm hiring you for an outcome and I don't care how you get this. Like, this is the goal that I need done. Yep. And however you can get that done is like, be on a boat somewhere. I don't care. Absolutely. You know, do what yeah. you need to do. Yeah. But just make sure that it's getting done. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, we've had that conversation. Like if you can hit 40 accounts in one day and then you want to take the next day off, like as long as you get that done, mm-hmm. that's, that's cool with me. Yeah. Um, like, you know, they ask about vacation time. I'm like, look, I don't care. You know, if you need to take a vacation, as long as your work gets done, yeah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, like That's we, awesome. <laughs> we, we want you to have a good time. It's just, it is difficult because there's not a lot of face to face. You know, being that we have someone down in Dallas, someone in Kansas City and someone in St. Louis and I'm here in Wichita. Yeah. Uh, I go to those markets, you know, eventually, but it's not on a weekly basis by any means mm-hmm. that, you know, these people need to be self-motivated on their own. Um, 
we're trying to do better about, you know, having weekly calls as a company. It's just a learning curve. Yeah. Um, to kind of get that going. I mean, Zach and I just get it. Yeah. Obviously we're the owner, so it's easy for us, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's harder to motivate and learning how to motivate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they won't do it the exact same way you would do it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm learning to not get frustrated about that and just kind of let them, (laughs) let people do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you first started, um, you know, five years ago to now, is, is the company what you thought it would look like? For the most part, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't expect us to really get into other brands uh, right away. I mean, I, that's always been the long-term goal of ours. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Zach and I have always had the goal of having our own portfolio. Like tequila was what we knew, so that's what we started with. Um, but the goal is always to have other SKUs and different mm-hmm. um, products in there. Um it just happened quicker than I, you know, I thought, yeah. uh, which is good. Um, and they all play their role in our portfolio, but yeah, I would say so. I would say it's on track to where I still envision us going and nice. we're growing at a good rate. That's great. Yeah. Have you had to pivot at all? Or is it like when you set out, did you have like this great strategy? Like this is what we're going to do and we're going to go after it and nail it. Or, you know, how much pivoting have you done? Uh, not a ton, but I mean, I, I will say like when we first started out, I think, you know, we just kind of had this mindset that we were, you know, Midwest tequila brand. It would sell like hotcakes, like, oh, it's local, mm-hmm. you know, people will love it. And, you know, our sales were, you know, kind of like this. Um, they weren't terrible. I mean, we were growing, mm-hmm. uh, but not at this, you know, the insane rate that I thought we were going to get. And uh, then COVID happened. And, you know, prior to COVID, we had kind of accepted that we were going to be more focused on industry. Um, so on premise, so we were really going to focus at bars and restaurants on taking care of the bartenders, taking care of the servers, showcasing them, you know, they're the ones that are the face of our page, uh, everything like that. And then COVID happened. And then, you know, we did the tequila fairy thing where we gave out, uh, bottles of tequila to every industry person that was out of a job. Um, and then we came out of COVID, better than we were before. Um, and then we've just continued to take care of the people that take care of us. And, and not to say that that's not liquor stores. We definitely do tastings and we, you know, my industry event, anyone who was a liquor store employee was invited to that too. But, Mm. uh, for me, the brand is built on premise at the bar. People get their one ounce sample. They get to try it there and then they'll go to the liquor store and spend 35, $40 on a bottle. Like, but they get to try it there at the place. And, they're our best salespeople. Uh, we're sitting across Grove, so I keep looking over there because <laughs> yeah. I can see their bar from here. But uh, like, there can you are see a bottle. <laughs> if I look hard <laughs> enough, I bet I can. But like, they're our best salespeople because I'm only one person here in the state of Kansas that, on a daily basis, at some point, one of them is probably recommending Unavita or one of our products, and you know, I appreciate them doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just trying to find ways to take care of them. Awesome. I like that. Definitely makes sense. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here. You're good. <laughs> so how are you deciding um, what markets to take and where to go? So we, we did Missouri and Kansas, obviously just made sense uh, mm-hmm. at first. 
Texas kind of happened because I actually um, moved down to Texas for a little bit uh, mm-hmm. before we started, and that was going to be like one of our hit markets. Uh, it took us a lot longer to get our liquor license there than I thought. Um, and in that meantime, I moved back to Wichita and I've just stayed here. Um, and so we actually jumped Oklahoma and just did those three. Mm-hmm. And then Oklahoma came because our Kansas distributor is also in Oklahoma and they wanted us in that state. Okay. So we waited. They had some weird law, liquor laws down there. So we waited until those laws were done. Uh, they had some lobbyists fighting them. Okay. Um, and once those laws went away, we then went into the market Um we are launching three new states this year. Um, nice. and it just kind of depends on, I don't know. It has to make sense. Um, so we're launching Iowa. Mm-hmm. Iowa makes sense because we are, um, going, or so we're going company wide with Carlos O'Kelly's. Um, and so they have nice. six locations, I think in Iowa, as well as homegrown. It's the same restaurant group that oh, owns really? homegrown. Yeah. And so they have a new homegrown location in Des Moines, and then either five or I think it's six, six Carlos O'Kelly's. And so we're going company wide there. It's a state controlled. Um, so I don't need a distributor. I just sell product to the state, uh, which is kind of nice. Cause then I'm not on the hook, like feeling bad if I'm not out in the market selling all these new accounts because mm-hmm. the distributor brings us on. It's just, I write my POs and I send them to the state and it sits in a warehouse and I get paid on consignment when it gets pulled for an account like Carlos that wants okay. it. Um, so we're doing that, uh, Illinois, we're launching right across the river from St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a lot of accounts, bars, restaurants, and liquor stores that have other locations on the Illinois side. Um, so that's one that's just kind of made sense for a while. Um, and then some of our brands, not all of them, we're going to test out in Tennessee. Um, so just another market that we have some contacts at that, Mm -hmm. uh, and a good distributor that wants to push our product. So just kind of, I don't, I don't have a, an absolute game plan on what state's yeah. next. It just kind of happens. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Well, it sounds like a lot like what you're talking about is like, I've recently started to really, really see the power in networking mm-hmm. and just communicating, building relationships with other people. And that sounds like a lot like what you're going off. Like kind of seems the common denominator is like, you know, we have this relationship or this network with this distributor, or these people here. Um, is that kind of what your main... Yeah. Your main focus is? Yeah. I would say a good portion of all of our sales has been relationship built. I mean, it's essentially this person knows this person and this person owns a liquor store down in Oklahoma and this (laughs) person, you know, and it's just, you just keep connecting. Um, and we've just, I mean, I've constantly got people like that introduced me to someone and it's just, you know, because we build a good relationship with the person beforehand and they recommend you to someone else and, that's awesome. Kind of where we're at. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's super cool. What's it like um, in the marketing? So you said you have a marketing degree and stuff. How, is, how has that been when it comes to the marketing of everything? Good. It's it's learning. I mean, I did not learn Adobe programming in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I self-taught <laughs> and all that. I nice. designed the Unavita label. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's uh, awesome. And then the El Trago label. Um, I had a you know, a say in that Zach and I had an idea of what we wanted it to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a tattoo artist to kind of do the girl, okay. um, and then put that together. But I mean, I still do, I guess all of our in-house designing for table tents, posters, banners, um, our website. Uh, who designed the, who got the guitar made? 
Uh, yeah, I've seen so that everywhere. Yeah, my buddy Chance, <laughs> or our, our uh, one of our buddies Chance, I was on the phone with him before this actually. Uh, he's a woodworker. C three Customs uh, is his Instagram, and you can you know go see. I mean, he makes a bunch of stuff. I think that's sold on Etsy and whatnot, like woodworking, like mm-hmm. laser engraved. Um, and he's the one that we go to when we're like, hey, we've got this idea, and you're the engineer woodworker who's going to be able to build it from scratch. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we had this idea. We haven't been able to fully execute on the, gu- the guitars are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go over well, but like the actual idea was to have a Spanish guitar, um, that, uh, the girls wear like a day of the dead mask, like a half oh, okay. mask. And, you know, they, they throw like confetti and stuff usually on bottle service. Mm-hmm. And so we, they make these confetti sticks that have rose petals, um, so the goal was to go more of the Spanish, like Latin vibe. Oh, okay. Um, but they just kind of bottle service places just kind of took the guitars and ran with it. And yeah. it, it works. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's the one who makes that. He makes all of our kind of custom flight boards. Um, he makes, uh, led signs for us. He makes, I don't know, kind of whatever we can, all of our shot skis. Uh, we do a bunch of shot skis, like whatever we can think of. He's, he's able to drum it up and build it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I saw a bunch of them. Is there like a, a light that's inside of the guitar? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> it, the bottles lit up as well as yeah. the, uh, let's see. I think I have a picture of, I oh, speaking of the devil. He just texted me. <laughs> so he's like, he's making like 3d models of stuff. I ask. Oh, him okay. To, yeah. That's awesome to make. Is that for like a liquor store? Yeah. That's what I figured. Um, but let's see. I think he sent me a picture. like like those are like the shot skis he does oh, for yeah. us so we do them wrapped custom um for the accounts but then let's see we have so many group chats <laughs> does all of our uh, tap handles so we do like draft cocktails yeah so it lights up yeah it's so sweet yeah yeah i saw like just like i didn't see a close-up yet but that's really cool that's awesome i saw one of like a guy like acting like he was playing yeah it. yeah <laughs> yeah when you get bottle service you can kind of do whatever you want yeah absolutely <laughs> So what do you think has been the biggest challenge so far? Honestly, it's a combination of finances and uh, like raw materials, like navigating. We get all of our raw materials except for our uh, labels in Mexico. So like our Mm -hmm. bottle, our cork, um, the shrink sleeve on the top. Okay. They all come from Mexico. And then, you know, when COVID happened, that was our first time navigating all of these places, not having it and us having to find new suppliers. So mm. we have a business partner, Alejandro, who's a local to Guadalajara, who has been in the industry for a while, who navigates all of that for us. Um, nice. And so that was 
kind of a challenge and we've continued to navigate, you know, suppliers being out of stuff, um, us doing our first like custom bottle that's coming soon. That's like an actual mold, uh, that we bought. Um, so it'll have like certain engravings and stuff. Um, and just figuring out, I've never, you know, I'm good with money. Um, (laughs) but like learning how to do it on a big scale is a little stressful. Um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of my business partner and I talk like five times a day of here's our next tequila run. Here's what we're going to do. Um, and we've kind of got it on a good system of us doing a run of tequila, a run of raw materials, a run of, you know, and just kind of, it goes back and forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's been a weird challenge. Because you're basically paying for it all to be made and bottled and everything, and then just hoping you sell it, right? Yeah, That's there's like no you. payment terms in Mexico, so yeah. it's it's all up front. <laughs> um, it's all up front, and so we have a warehouse in Laredo, Texas, um, and then our our distributors will pick up from there. But yeah, we pay for everything up front, and then we sit on it. Uh, we don't sit on it long. Like our mm-hmm. last order came up, I don't know, thirty days ago. It's all gone. Um, oh, okay. So like it, it's moving Ooh, quick. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the growth is, you know, learning how to navigate through that, uh, yeah. different payment terms from different distributors, uh, what you can do, you know, to make sure you get inventory up here in time. Um, cause some distributors pay in 15 days, some are 30, some are 60. Mm. Um, so just navigating the finances of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Every day throws something new at me <laughs> that I'm just learning. It becomes just problem solving. Yeah um on a daily basis but yeah it's awesome yeah yeah i, I was kind of curious because I, I was curious if you ever feel like there's this new thing called the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. like a lot of people talk about it if it's a new thing but it's something that i've recently learned about and i was curious if you have any of that like i've never ran a tequila company before but i'm figuring it out as i go you know yeah i mean it's definitely <laughs> when someone asks me to be on their podcast i feel yeah. like, <laughs> you know an imposter <laughs> like i don't know to me i'm still in the guts of it you know that everyone from the outside sees this successful, I see Una Vita everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, you guys are killing it. I see the growth, but they don't actually, they're not. And that, that is true. But like internally, you know, my business partner and I didn't take a paycheck for three years. Oh, really? Um, you know, so there's a lot of stress and depression that happens throughout owning a business that mm-hmm. is not, everyone just thinks it's fun. Like, oh, God, it'd be so much fun to be you. And (laughs) you're just constantly at bars drinking tequila. I'm like, no, you wouldn't want to do this. Like, uh, it it takes a lot of grit to be able to go through. Uh, There have been plenty of times that I've just wanted to, sorry, fuck this. You know, I'm out. Um, (laughs) But it's just, we talk through shit and it's just finding ways to get over that hill anytime it kind of approaches. but yeah, it's stressful. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I think I said earlier today that I sh- don't ever start your own company. No. I said to someone, so. <laughs> don't. I don't recommend it to people. I mean, if, you, if you've if you got what it takes to get through it, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's stressful. Like those yeah. first, that first year, you know, of course was, I wasn't taking a paycheck, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it truly, there wasn't a lot of stress. Like it mm-hmm. was just kind of like, we're selling in new accounts, we're out drinking with the accounts. We're just building relationships. Mm-hmm. And then as we bring on employees, as we dealt through COVID, as we have inventory issues, as we, you know, are dealing with lawsuits, like it's just yeah. stress. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Lawsuits sound fun. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it, it. They're not at all. Uh, but it's part of being in business. Like yep. they, every once in a while, they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's rewarding what we're doing, and I, yeah. you know, I do enjoy what I do. But most of the day, stressful. Yeah. yeah. No, I love talking about that because I just had a, a meeting with some people the other day, um, and we wanted to like maybe go in on a business together. And these are people coming from a classic like nine to five and stuff. And I was like. So what are you going to do when you work 40 hours a week and you don't make a paycheck? And they just kind of looked at me with a blank stare. I'm like, every day I go in, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it should work. You start basing it and doing kind of what you're talking about. It's like the, you know, risks versus reward, making sure mm-hmm. we're making smart decisions. And at the end of the day, like, it should start being a well-oiled machine. Yeah. But it's like still, like, I work more than 40 hours a week. But, like, that's the joke that I made is, like, mm-hmm. what if you come in, put 40 hours in, and then... You just don't make a paycheck. You still don't get paid. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's the risk of running your own business. It's mm-hmm. on you to make sure it works. And what if you have, you don't get sick days anymore nope. or anything like that. So yeah. how do you, how do you navigate through that? Uh, I mean, it's just finding the motivation to know that there's still work to be done and just get back up and keep yeah. doing it. I mean, I've been kicked in the balls day after day <laughs> um, yeah. and it's just kind of getting up and are, are there days where absolutely I don't want to do shit? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still get after it. And, you know, again, I usually, usually it's one of those weird, like when one of us is panicking, the other's perfectly fine. Oh, and so perfect. my business partner and I have this good yin and yang of yeah. when one of us is at the edge, the other one's talking them off and, uh, you know, we just work through it. But I, I don't know, again, I'm just a motivated person on my own that mm-hmm. it happens to be my business that I, you know, give priority to the most. Um, but I just navigate through yeah. that kind of, you know, I, again, we didn't take a paycheck and even now, I mean, we, we we're paid based on bottle sales. Like Zach and I work that into our, you know, products based on margin, you know, nice. that we're only going to get paid based on how much we sell. Hmm. Um, it's not like a flat salary. So every month's going to be completely different. And some months we may, choose not to take what we can and put it somewhere else. Yeah. Just put um, it back in. Yeah. Nice. So that's fun. We're constantly just, cha- <laughs> yeah, we're kind of all over the place, constantly changing. Um, but it, it's working. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And I feel like that's, do you think it's been great having a business partner to navigate all this with? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's stuff he's good at that. I'm not good at. Uh, he's a better public speaker and, uh, he's, a hell of a salesman. Uh, he handles all of our Mexico relationships for the most oh, really? part. Um, so like he's talking to people down there every single day. Um, so there are things he does that I don't do. And there are things I do that he doesn't do. Okay. Um, and it just works out. That's awesome. It, it, it works out. And so, yes, I think it, at least for our business, it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I enjoy it. That's awesome. I like that. I've always been kind of curious on, I've asked a couple of people and it's always just kind of a, a mix of. Yeah. Reviews, I'm sure some say. people, you know, don't enjoy having a business partner. They just kind of want to do their thing and not mm-hmm. have, and we disagree on some stuff. Absolutely. But yeah. you know, we're both passionate about what we're doing, but at the end of the day, there's a lot to be done and he's good. Again, he's good at what he does. I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just works out Yeah, that we have a good yin and yang thing going on. So have you read the book rocket fuel? So in the, that book, they talk about having a visionary and an integrator in the in the business. Okay. Do you think you're more of the visionary or more of the integrator? I think, think he's you're more of the visionary. Really? Yeah. Yep. 
So you're more of like an integration kind of guy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I would say he's more the visionary person. Um, I kind of, I mean, we both at the end of the day are salespeople, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this is every market is ours, but at the end of the day, Kansas is my market. Missouri is his market and we share Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, Texas and whatnot. But like I said, he handles a lot of the Mexico relations, um, everything from that side. And I handle a lot of the social media, our website, our online store, um, graphics, you know, I'm making any design stuff he needs, um, in his market financing, all of our Excel sheets. Um, I don't know, just kind of whatever each day throws at me something new. Um, (laughs) and then we're both kind of handling, I guess, employee relations. Yeah. Interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you think you would, uh, urge listeners to do with their 24? Get up early and accomplish. Yeah. I, I feel like I accomplish more while people are still sleeping. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I get up at four and usually I'm on the couch with my dog, like drinking coffee and reading my book and then responding to emails, looking at sales sheets, moving money around, doing all of that. And then I go work out. Um, I, I, I would just get as much as you possibly can out of the day. I mean, everyone's day is going to be different. I don't have kids yet. Um, you know, so I, I'm able to squeeze as absolute as much as I can Mm -hmm. in that 24 hours. But I don't know if you're looking to be successful, obviously you need to be motivated and, you know, literally get as much as you possibly can done in that day. And that's yeah. where, to me, making a list helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was telling my business partner, I have one of those boogie boards. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a giant notepad that you can write stuff and then hit the button and it'll erase it all. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I've never seen that. It's convenient because yeah. I had <laughs> sticky notes all over my desk Yeah, because I'm constantly just writing stuff. <laughs> um, and so it's extremely convenient that you can just kind of write it, write a list, cross things off the list, and then hit the button. It erases the whole thing, and you just start a new one. Um, Where does the list go? Save it? it? No, it just disappears. Like, it's just it's just meant for, like, a, it's like a sticky note, like a reusable oh, okay. giant sticky note. Um, they make smaller ones, Yeah, but it's literally just, like, Oh, okay. Yeah, you just write stuff, and then you just, like, click the button, and it goes away. And then you just start a new one. Um, but I, <laughs> I probably have, like, four a day of just yeah. accomplished it, accomplished it, accomplished it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just kind of live and die by my Google Calendar. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And where I need to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that I don't overlap. And then, you know, we have another calendar that's like our company-wide one um, that we do for traveling, knowing where, mm. who's got a tasting where, uh, who's in which market, making sure one of us is in each of our given markets every month okay. uh, for a certain period of time. So we just kind of map out who needs to be where, what events are going on, uh, what takes priority, yeah, and just kind of stay organized mm-hmm. the best we can. Uh so I mean, yeah, yeah. So what else do you like to do? We talked a lot about tequila and yeah. growing the company and stuff. But like, what else is what else? Is, got any hobbies? Weirdly enough, I do not have a lot of hobbies. Really, uh, I don't have much time for <laughs> hobbies. Uh, I love hanging out with my dogs, yeah, uh, and my wife. And so I mean, anytime we can do that, just the three of us is or four of us. Sorry, there's two dogs. Uh, yeah. Four of us is nice. Um, 
I did yard work all weekend. Nice. Just like 10 hours of yard work. Um, <laughs> you ever find that it's fun though? Like it's being rewarding. able to almost just like shut off the brain for a minute and yeah. just like get to work on like this project yeah. that you have to do. Yeah, it is nice. I mean, sometimes I, you know, put on a song, put my phone in my pocket and just go to town on mm-hmm. yard work. That's be like the one time a year though. I think we bag like 20 bags of leaves. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... Other than that, I mean, you know, when I lived in Colorado or when we lived in Colorado, similar to you, we liked going outside and biking and we liked uh, hiking all over the place. I just haven't, I work out every day, but I I haven't really gotten back to that point of having an actual hobby Mm -hmm. um, to fill my void. I just kind of, (laughs) if I have a free time, I'm usually doing something on my list for work. Add something to it. Yes. (laughs) You ever feel overwhelmed with Kind of feeling because I feel like people that are business owners feel this a lot. Whenever I ask them, is like when you are in charge of everything, you feel like kind of everything is needing to be taken care of. Yeah. And do you, are you able to like shut it off at like five o'clock whenever you're done with your day? Like, how does that work? No, not at all. I sleep horribly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, again, it is staying as organized as possible. Um, is what helps me to at least know what I set out to accomplish that day got accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I can be on the phone at eight, nine o'clock, um, still doing emails or whatever, you know, if I need to play catch up and then finding ways to prioritize what actually needs to get done like today. Yeah. Um, but no, I, in some days I sleep fine, but most days, you know, it, my brain, my brain is still thinking as I'm laying there. Yeah, uh, and it's it's hard to shut it off. Um, yeah, I some days I can, some days I can't. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, it makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of the same way. It's like there'll be times I get done here and I'll at least go hit the gym, but then like in the evening, instead of like turning on Netflix or watching something, I'm just like I'm just gonna go to my home office and yeah, get something done in the evening time instead of sitting and watching TV. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, I do take some of that time, you know, cause my wife works all day too. She's first grade teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. so I mean, she's, we don't, we get like 30 minutes together in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do try and take that time, you know, usually when she gets home or I get home now, now is a hard time because it gets so hot that I try not to take my dogs on too long of a walk. Um, but usually that's our time where I like, I'll leave my phone at home and just go for a walk. Nice. Um, but yeah. Not every day. <laughs> yeah. We try, We try, but not every day. Yeah. Especially because I travel so much. I like that. Um, well, cool. What's kind of a, what would you say, where's this, where are you going to be in five years? What's your goal? I have a lot more brands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a lot more brands, more states. Uh, Univita will continue to, you know, be the flagship household brand um mm-hmm. that we'll keep pushing but yeah i know so laban uh we have a um so he's my business partner in all things american spirits that we're getting into uh he's a head distiller um so he has been distilling his family's been distilling since the early 1800s he okay. started when he was like 12 um so he makes phenomenal alcohol and so we can truly create whatever we want mm-hmm. um in house uh, which is super nice. And so we've got some fun things coming out this year. Um, that'll be exciting to kind of awesome. get in front of people. Yeah. Um, kind of just building our portfolio and just keep hammering the streets. Yeah. Yeah. One by one. Yep. I like bottle that. by bottle. That's, that's what we're <laughs> yeah. doing. Yeah. That's great. Well, super cool. Um, let me look through my notes. 
I'm easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I don't, like I said, I don't have a, I don't like to talk about myself, but if you ask me questions, I'll answer them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you said this is kind of your typical 24 hour day. Like we went over, like what happens when you're on the road? What changes? Uh, it, it, it depends. <laughs> I mean, I still try and get up and work out, but I mean, there are definitely times that I'm at a bar till four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that <laughs> usually kind of throws a wrench in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it depends. I mean, like we were just down in Tulsa all last week. Um, and all three of us, uh, me, Zach and Oliver blitzed the market. And so every day we were with a different sales rep from our distributor. Um, and so, I mean, still got up every morning, worked out, uh, and then took the day and hit accounts, whether it was liquor stores, bars and restaurants, and just spent all day in the market selling products. Um, and then in the evening time, usually would, uh, get dinner usually either with the team, uh, there and then go back, work on computer work. Um, I've been, I'd been having to do all of our licensing, state licensing uh, and kind of learning the tax laws in each of these states. Um, so I kind of spend time wow. doing that. That sounds terrible. Oh God, it sucks. But you're the integrator guy. So yeah. I probably like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, someone's got to do it, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, Missouri and Kansas are fairly easy. Um, Illinois, not so much Texas. Now that we have the license isn't bad, but I still mm-hmm. have to like submit a sales report once mm-hmm. a month. Um, Iowa is our first state control. So that one's super different for me. Um, I'm used to, you know, a distributor submits a PO when they need something. And now I'm making my own PO and just shipping it myself up there and learning that. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Is there a lot of states that do it like that? Uh, There's there's a few control states. Uh, I don't know all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Again, I'm learning that as I go. Um, And it has its pros and cons. Yeah. you know, I didn't know that they you have to have the, you know, five cent recycle sticker on every bottle. So oh, yeah. like I've our new labels will have that on it. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I had to order them and I have to hand put them on the bottles. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> and before we ship them up. Otherwise they get like quarantined and then I get a fine and they have to hand do them there in Iowa. Um, oh man. So yeah, just learning. Yeah. Learning new things. But you caught that before it happened, right? Uh, before we shipped it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I still, for the meantime, because our labels don't have it and I don't mm-hmm. want to throw away a bunch of labels, we have mm-hmm. to like hand put on a sticker that has the five cent recycle okay. logo on it. Um, is there any other weird marketing laws when it comes to like tequila and like running ads or something like that? Not, you know. I mean, running ads is a pain in the ass. I mean, yeah. you really, I get rejected on every ad for the most part. of trying to promote alcohol on Facebook or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So that's kind of a pain, but I mean, uh, so it's a hundred percent agave product. Like we can't manufacture it here in the U S. So it has to be sealed when it gets to the border. Okay. Um, And then they'll allow us if we have the proper paperwork from our distillery and the CRT, they'll allow us to cross the border. Um, So that's kind of a pain in the ass law. But I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't, want to try and make this up here. Yeah. Uh, we don't have agave plants, so, uh, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but, uh, not, I mean, other than that, each state is completely different. I mean, here in Kansas and Texas is kind of a pain in the ass that so we can't sell direct. Um, meaning like our distributor can't sell directly to bars and restaurants. So we have the class B's here. Uh, oh, yeah. at least that's what I call them is, 
you know, like grow and all these places they buy from the liquor stores. They buy from Jacobs, ABC, Groves, RNJ, you know, they buy uh, from those stores, okay. which is pain because I can't track my sales. Wait, is that, I did not know that's how it worked. Yeah. So Kansas is a four tier and Texas is a four tier. We're like, Missouri is a three tier. So like we sell to our distributor, they sell it to everyone. Liquor stores, gas stations, bars, yeah. restaurants. Here in Kansas, the distributor on the liquor side, beer they can sell direct. Okay. On the liquor side, they can only sell it to the liquor store. And then the liquor store is essentially then a mini distributor. Okay, so that's why we have these giant... Off of Kellogg, we have Gro- Groves or whatever that's like yeah. the size of a Walmart. A lot of them, <laughs> yeah. A lot of them have a lot of uh, inventory um, yeah. in the back and stuff because they are servicing all the bars and restaurants. Interesting. Um, and it's, I guess, nice for a reason. I don't know. Not for me. Uh, but like I said, I can only see my sales to the liquor store. So then mm. I don't see what bars and restaurants buy from the liquor store. Uh, so there's been times where like a restaurant will have me for like a whole year and I didn't know. Oh, really? And then I show up and I'm like, I'm really sorry. I had no idea you brought us on. Yeah. Um, but that's just how Kansas operates. The majority of them I'll know because I'm the one that's going there and selling it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of hard to navigate. And so you can imagine in Texas, that's how Texas is. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of bars and restaurants in Texas. So you really just see that this liquor store did 10 cases. You don't know if those 10 cases are retail sales or if they're going out the back door to bars or restaurants. That's wild. I had no idea that even happened. Yeah. That one's a, that one's a pain. Yeah. Uh, Not the easiest to track. There's someone in legislative somewhere that owns a liquor store. Yeah. Calling it now. (laughs) Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of a pain, but I think a lot of it was like uh, a lot of the beer guys wrote the laws back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't see any of them. Some of them changed. You know, obviously we went away from three, two beer and, you know, they were able to sell full strength in grocery stores. Um, I just and they're all county based, too, which is weird. Like our distributors here sell their beers, but only like in a certain territory of Kansas. And then there's like another distributor that sells the exact same portfolio and a different, but then they can sell liquor statewide. Um, but they can only sell beer in that territory. What is happening? It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. There's a whole other world happening yeah. around me. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm getting beer everywhere I go. Yeah. At least on the liquor, <laughs> on the laws. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just weird. Um, obviously we've navigated it now, but yeah, we're sold statewide with one distributor. But like, if you're a beer guy, mm-hmm. it's all County based. Okay. Um, so how do you fit? Like, so f- say you're going to Tennessee or something. Like, how do you figure that out? Just having a contact there that just basically gives you the download, or are you like figuring a way to go read and interpret the laws, like for licensing or for yeah. sales? Yeah, for licensing, typically the distributor has someone in house. You know, and, and I'm very even if it's black and white. Every state so far, I've called their alcohol board and I have someone walk me through the, the whole thing. Okay. And I'm literally like, I've got the license in front of me. Mm-hmm. We're going to take this line by line and you're <laughs> going to stay on the phone with me because I want to make sure I do yeah, it correct. Because absolutely. then some of these states, I have to send reporting each month. And so I have to report what we sold into the state. Uh, I may have to pay taxes on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the first time I do that, I call someone and I say, yeah. you're going to walk me through this <laughs> and we're going to make sure I do it right. Cause if I have to do it every month, I want to make sure I'm doing it properly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I usually just call their alcohol board and yeah. Cause you don't want that call five years later. No. Like, Hey, we figured out that you did this wrong for the last yeah. five years. Yeah. Well, and like every <laughs> state 
list their licensing different under a different name, mm-hmm. uh, different requirements. So like I may go on their website and I'm like, okay, what I think I need here is a non-resident seller's license. But then it come to find out in Illinois, I'll also need to be licensed at the Department of Revenue before I can even get the non-resident seller's license. And then like Iowa, I had to get these like NABCA National Alcoholic Beverage Codes um, that are like... You know, they're they're usable in like eight states, I think, that that represent these codes. But I had to get those codes first before Iowa would even let me apply my brands to the state. Um, so I, I've learned a lot in the last. All right. <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, a couple months when it comes to these state laws. But yeah, yeah, it's just constantly making sure I'm doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For those that are listening. <laughs> if you're trying to build a liquor company, yeah, just do it right. Yeah, just yeah. do it right the first time. Yeah, just do it right. Uh, so who do you get the most inspiration from? Mm. Man, I'm kind of all over the place. Are you a big like, motivational podcast kind of guy? Yeah, occasionally. Yeah. I mean, like when it comes to working out and stuff, I listen to a lot of David Goggins. Okay. Um, I enjoy, you know, just kind of a... Someone yelling at you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to that kind of stuff, um, I do that. Uh, Andy Frisella, who's one of our investors, uh, you know, his podcast is that's kind of what got us into some of the stuff was mm-hmm. when he had the MF CEO. Um, and that was his podcast that just kind of constantly talked talk about entrepreneurship, the struggles, yeah. everything like that. Now he has a real AF podcast. Um, yeah. Talks a little bit more politics and stuff like that, but he de- he's bringing back more entrepreneurial stuff um, and diving into kind of those Friday fire kind of motivational um, stuff. Um, But I kind of jump around. I mean, I, I, it's just kind of, can we talk about Andy being an investor? Yeah, I think so. How'd that happen? Uh, Yeah. So uh, (laughs) Zach being from St. Louis, he knew who Andy was because he started or he shopped at s2 their supplement superstores uh when he lived there and zach got me turned on to the mf ceo when we lived in denver and so i started listening to it and uh trying to think here date wise maybe 2014 or something like that when zach works for that other tequila brand he i think he had reached out to andy seeing hey, you guys do this summer smash. They do once a year, they do a summer smash event um, in the back of their headquarters, like in mm-hmm. the parking lot. And he was like, "If I can I come and set up a tent and pour tequila? And he said, yes. So Zach went and did that and was kind of telling him, uh, you know, about tequila, what he knew, um, letting him know that I uh, he possibly plans on leaving and starting his own brand from scratch. And mm-hmm. Andy kind of stayed on him and said, do it. Like, that's a smart thing to do. Um, and so Zach and I started traveling 14 hours. I think it was about a 14-hour drive from Denver to St. Louis for a couple months, just, like, show up at uh, their headquarters and, like, ask him questions. Okay. And we were just kind of, like, do like it. scheduled meetings or you're just, like, nope. showing up? <laughs> nope. And he's made it very clear, do not do this. Um, <laughs> nope. We would just we would just show up. Uh, and we would text him from time to time. And, like, uh, he didn't – I don't think he knew we lived in Denver, so he didn't know that we were traveling that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there would be times we'd drive in and didn't get to see him and then drive back and then – Are you kidding me? No. And then there would be times where, like – He'd be like, uh, 
can can you guys be here by 2 p.m. in the afternoon? We'd be getting into Denver. We're like, we got to turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we turn around <laughs> and drive back. Um, but we mainly did that because what they've been able to build at First Form culture-wise mm. is absolutely incredible. And the culture behind their company, not just the employees, but the people who use their products and everything, is something we wanted to you know, duplicate on the alcohol side. Um, and so that's a big reason we just kind of kept bugging him about that kind of stuff. Um, and then it got to the point one day after a couple months where he kind of asked our financial situation, we were upfront about it and then he said he wanted to invest, but only if he could bring on his business partner, Chris, they only, they do things 50, 50. And so he's been the only person, uh, that, has been with our company since day one. Uh, really? The only company he's ever invested in. And it's been... Wait, you're the only company? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem real. <laughs> he's talk, he talks about it on his podcast. Really? Uh, a lot of yeah. stocks or something that he's... <laughs> I mean, I don't... The rest th- of it. <laughs> I don't think he's a big stock person. I don't... I. I don't know. He has all of his money in cars. Yeah, he has a lot of cars. <laughs> uh, he has a great car collection. But no, as far as like actual business, like... As far as I know, yeah, mm-hmm. he's just, they built first form or S2 when they were 19, mm-hmm. uh, they started that and then first form and then he's got his 44 seven media, his media company with, and then he's got Arate syndicate. Um, and then Vita. That's awesome. Yeah. I was curious cause like whenever I launched this company, um, and then doing like 24 tire and stuff, I've always been like kind of curious on how people i've never had any funding you know? yeah never really had, you've self-funded everything yeah i've self-funded yeah. everything so i've never gone or just like self-funded bootstrapped it like yeah <laughs> i didn't put anything into it i just figured out how to do stuff and make yeah. it happen and so i've always been super curious on like how do you ask someone like that for money you know what i mean like i've asked i've asked talked to some people and like i have a gist of it but it's kind of interesting that he kind of it sounds like it was kind of more of a he loved the conversation a little bit it was definitely more he uh had that idea uh, I will say that's a pro of my business partner that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. I hate asking anyone for money. Yeah. Uh, it's just not something I enjoy doing. Yeah. Uh, even if it's for a good cause, you know, I ran for LLS man of the year two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just difficult for me, even though it was for cancer research, like it's still just as hard for me to ask people for money. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was more, it went that direction of, you know, his idea we had, you know, been in front of him enough. Um, but my business partner is the one who kind of is good at that side of it. Yeah. 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 Hey, I see your cars. You got any extra of that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally how I would probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) that's some equity for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I like it. Um, what is, uh, like what's kind of some of the top things you've learned from like the culture of first form customer service, uh, it's huge. Um, you know, putting other people first, uh, they just have absolutely incredible customer service. Really? Um, and they, they kind of put the mindset of, you know, just trying to make a sale and more of, they put that to the side and more focus on how do you solve a problem and help people. Um, and he talks about it, you know, how, 
when they had their supplement or they still have their supplement store, but when it was just their first supplement store, how they would, you know, just be focused on how do we sell more protein power? How do we run these Mm -hmm. deals and everything? And then when he changed it to how do I help this person with their goals, which is to lose 10 pounds or something. And then that's when they started to see growth. Um, And so they just focus more on helping people uh, rather than the sales and the the sales will come. Like if you just Mm -hmm. focus on money all the time, it's just not a good mindset to have and if you just focus on helping people and what needs to be done um the sales will come on their own yeah um so yeah i mean the culture that they have and how many people they've been able to help uh lose weight and just completely change their lives is pretty incredible yeah yeah that's awesome yeah i've known a little bit about first form and stuff and then whenever i know when we first talked you were like yeah, this Andy guy's our investor. He's kind of like, he basically like, he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I really didn't know who he was. Like I knew of first form a little bit, but then like since then he's been all over my feet and I feel like he's like taken over and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, I know who this guy is. I get now. people who send yeah. it to me all the time because he wears that hat. Yep. And they're like, did you see this? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's not something like I'm not publicly like just yeah. saying it on a daily basis. Like mm-hmm. this is the guy. Yeah. Um, and neither does he. He's not constantly just talking about you know, it's just not a plug that he's constantly yeah. putting out there about Univita. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of do our own thing. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it definitely, I mean, especially for my eyes, it definitely is like you guys are absolutely building this company, killing it. It's not like you just have like a celebrity endorsement. No. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. No, he's awesome. definitely making us learn and grind it out yeah. from the ground, which is absolutely great. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so much he could have easily just handed to us, yeah. um, but he didn't. And I, you know, we appreciate that Zach and I had to learn on our own mm-hmm. uh, and kind of go through those struggles on our own. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the, uh, what was it? A Porsche with the Univita logo on it. Oh yeah. Ryan Hardwood. Yeah. 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 So the <laughs> IMSA, uh, car that we sponsor, I mean, it's first form sponsors it and then we mm-hmm. have our logo on it, uh, mm-hmm. which is cool. I mean, he, uh, it's cool to watch it. I wasn't a yeah. huge race guy before. Um, and now, you know, getting into those races and watching, mm-hmm. you know, them doing 24 hours, uh, the Rolex, you know, and all of those cool races, it's just kind of wild to get yeah. into. I know nothing about it. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, again, <laughs> I race for 24 hours. Yeah. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Oh, is that like an endurance race? Yeah. All right. I hear guys around yeah. here in shift talking about endurance racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do. I mean, he, how long's the Le Mans? The one that, like, twenty four hours. Is that a motorcycle race, sports car race. No, the Rolex. So, whatever car covers the greatest distance in twenty four hours. Twenty four hours of Daytona. That's that one, and then there's the. Oh, so it's a track. Mm-hmm. And they just keep going around it for 24 hours. And then mm-hmm. it's like whoever just keeps going the longest. Yeah. And then like they rotate drivers. Um, so Whoa. there's like a team that does it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds awesome. Let's see. There's that new show on Netflix that's a lot about. Yeah. The Lamont is 24 hours too. So that was the one that. Uh, in the Ford versus Ferrari movie. Did you ever see that movie? Mm-hmm. That, that was the race that they did in that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're, they're racing through the night. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. I've never really been into cars or racing or anything. Like, never been into weird. cars? It's weird. We're sitting yeah. here in the middle of the whole <laughs> warehouse. Yeah. It's like, I love being in here because it's like the energy and like the cars that come through are like, you know, half a million, quarter million dollar cars. Yeah. And like, I love that aspect of it, but I've just never really, like I got my Ford F-150 outside and I'm like, that's kind of how I am. You know, I used to like really like cars. That's like in 2018 is when I, was I bought say, You just had the Cadillac wrapped. Yeah. That was a trade out. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't pay for that or anything. Yeah, that's fair. I learned how expensive that was though. I was as about part to of say. a trade out. Yeah. yeah. It was like four grand to get that wrapped. Oh yeah. People are paying a lot of money for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I just have a service I could trade out for it. But, <laughs> but yeah, whenever I learned that, well, when I bought the Cadillac in 2018, 2017, that's when I was like really into cars and stuff. And I was like, oh, this Cadillac's going to be sweet. And now I've like kind of transitioned to like, I don't know, I just need something to get me from A to B. And that's when I was telling you a story about Rodney and his Cadillac that was all mm-hmm. busted in the front. Yep. And I'm like, this guy has a Porsche sitting downstairs. It's like worth a quarter of a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. And he's just rolling around. And I'm yeah. like, I like that. Like what you were telling me about, what was it, Chris? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I like that. I, yeah. I like that a lot. And I've started to realize that I feel like the guys that are like actually doing it, that's kind of yeah. their attitude about it. Obviously, if you have it, like, yeah. I mean, that's up to you. But I, I'm a pretty simple person. Now, are there dream cars of mine? Yes. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, Boss 429 Mustang. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's in the it's in the back of my background. You can see it back there. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> But, uh, like, I have those dream cars. But, yeah, at the end of the day, like, my wife will tell you, I'm a very simple person. I don't, like, I'm a hard person to buy gifts for. I don't really like, you really? know. I don't like people spending money on me. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm still wearing <laughs> clothes from, like, high school that I'm yeah. like, oh, they don't have too many holes in them. <laughs> I just, Count it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care. You know, I'll wear tennis shoes till they've got no soles left. I don't. That's awesome. Yeah, I, as far as like materialistic things, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did you have, have you always been that way or was there like a switch when it happened? No, I would say I've always for the most part been that way. I mean, I've, I've worked the majority of my life. Uh, my mom, you know, pushed me to do that kind of stuff. Uh, I ran a shoe shine business when I was little. Um, and so my mom would like help me go to businesses and I meet businessmen and I like had my own business card that like, I really just bought like a box of blank business cards and I had a stamp that like had my name and my mom's cell phone number and like I would stamp it. That's actually a really smart idea. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) and I would like, I would take these business cards and I had this shoe shine business and my mom would drive me around and we'd load up her car with all these shoes. And I think I'd charge like two bucks a pair. And you know, some of these businessmen would give me like 30 pairs of shoes I'd take them back to my house, I'd shine them all, and I'd lay them back in her car, and then we'd deliver them back to How where we wanted to when, do. How old were you when this happened? I was probably in lower school um, oh, yeah. when I did that. Um, and so I did that for a little bit just for fun. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of always worked, so I always had money, but I never really liked to spend money yeah. that much. Uh, that's been a hard pill for me to swallow at least on the company side is you gotta spend money to make money yeah doesn't really do you any good sitting there Mm -hmm. um 
I don't like to spend money. Uh, and so, I mean, again, I, and then I got my first, I guess, real job when I was 14 at Freddy's. I worked at the one at 13th in front of the Warren, okay. uh, right as it opened. Nice. Um, and I don't think technically they were allowed to hire me until I was 15, but I still worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked all through college and just, you know, spent a summer delivering yellow book pages. Nice. Is this your kinda, first business you've ever started? Uh, so I did the Bloody Mary mix uh, okay. before, but then yeah. So the Bloody Mary mix was that like? Would you consider that a failure? Where did it go? Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely learned a lot. So there were other yeah. people involved, um, okay. and I was having some issues on the way out that uh, I, I wanted out. Yeah, um, you know, I was having issues with the other people involved, and so I left, um, and then it tanked after I left. Oh, really? Yeah. So interesting. Uh, I would say it is a failure, but yeah, yeah I learned a lot yeah. from it. Uh, a lot of things that uh, I did not carry over into here, and yeah. um, you know, just better business partner now, mm-hmm. um, and we're able to accomplish a lot more because we're on the same like wavelength. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was just curious because I always love asking entrepreneurs like. So what else? What else did you do before this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what didn't work? <laughs> I, I had just a bunch of like you know random jobs. You know, yeah. I worked in the Walgreens photo department. Um, like I said, I did yellow book pages. I worked at Wichita Country Club as a car boy for like five, six years. I oh, loved okay. that job. Yeah, you could be outside in weather <laughs> like this. Yeah, um, I absolutely loved that job, and I would gladly go do it again. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what else. I managed a pizza place in college. Um, I sold ad space in a Greek newspaper. Um, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I've just, <laughs> just kind of done a bunch of random stuff yeah. here and there. But Does I mean, failure scare you? A little bit, yeah. 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 I mean, I just, I don't really see it as an option, though. I mean, I've never had a plan B. Like, neither my business partner and I, there was no we're going to do this while we try and grow this. It's mm-hmm. like, we, we went hundred percent all in. Yeah. Uh, there's no, you know, cause if it fails, I've still got this option. Mm-hmm. Like there, that wasn't an option for us. Like it's not going to fail. We are putting literally everything into this. And as long as we implement our systems and abide by the systems and bust our ass 24 hours, you know, whatever that needs to be on a daily basis, we will see growth and we will continue to, accomplish the goals we want to accomplish so right. uh, yes i would say that it does sense. but yeah it just really hasn't been an option for us since yeah. day one interesting i yeah. like that yeah i always like asking people you know if they're scared of failure or not but i like the, i like the way you put it too because i feel like if you only have a plan a like plan a has to work plan a has to work you yeah. don't have an option uh, you know there's a lot of people that never get fully into what they want or dreams because they've they've always got that little you know side get or you know they've always got something that's keeping them from giving it a hundred percent yeah uh and so it's just kind of like you know just in case it does fail i've still got a full-time job here mm-hmm. and for us it was oh this is this is it yep Go it better work 100 <laughs> percent in i moved my wife you know he moved like we went 100 percent in and there was no other option awesome that's great cool is there anything else you want to talk about go over talk about your business <laughs> let's talk about how did 24 hour come about uh so 24 tire used to be a uh 
I launched it in 2016, 2017 when I first, so actually going back even further is in high school, I launched a clothing company, t-shirt company called Monarchy Empire. Okay. It was me and my buddy. And that's why like my handle and everything nowadays is Tyler's Empire. Yeah. But it comes back all the way from there. We launched it, we sold it to a bunch of kids in school. Um, didn't really go anywhere. It just kind of fizzled out. And at one point, he, you know, he stopped being my business partner and we moved, you know, but it's high school stuff, yeah. like just as a joke, but it was very dramatic. Yeah. Um, and then that turned into 24 tire. Um, I launched that, had a couple online sales, did not really understand social media marketing. Mm-hmm. I was good at like video content, but did not understand marketing really at all. Um, and so then I sold them out of my mom's tanning salons, which now I own one of them. I was um, curious how yeah. you ended up owning a tanning salon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. my mom uh, owned the one at 21st and Rock, bought that in like early 2000s. 21st and Rock. Over there by Verizon and oh, Big yeah. Sporting Goods. Yeah. yeah. And that same shopping center. That's like, yeah. so that's the original Caribbean Sun. Okay. Another lady owned it. She opened it in like 1982. So when oh, she geez. opened it and then ran it for 20 years and then sold it to my mom in like 2004, I think is when okay. it was. She bought it, and then at one point they had five across Wichita, and then with franchise owners, they eventually fizzled out, sold, and all those things, and so now she just had the two. 2019, we bought the Derby one, mm-hmm. so then she still owns the oh, okay. the main one out in yeah. 21st and Rock, but I sold the t-shirts out of there, and I still have some there. I did a couple couple runs of it, and then I'm just like, uh, I don't have the capital really to dive into doing it the right way and mm-hmm. all, all these things. I was just kind of doing it like the bootstrap, like... Let's make, you know, let me spend $200 to get some shirts made and then see what happens. And yep. then, you know, I, I actually turned it three or four times, like put that initial money in, sold enough shirts to make another line, sold enough shirts to make another line. Then eventually I just kind of like fizzled it out. Just wasn't really super, super passionate about it. So it died down <laughs> for a little bit. And then I have always wanted to do it again. And then I was working with another clothing company didn't work out and i'm like all right i'm just gonna go do my own thing and yeah so i just dove in and i'm relaunching it oh yeah yep that's awesome yeah and then that's where this came kind of came from is like what do you do with your 24 and obviously it's tied to it but this is more like the podcast itself is supposed to be meant more for like connecting with people and relationships and like learning because i used to have this idea like i love hustle culture and i love Mm -hmm. like you know what do you do with your 24 live every you know wake up at four keep going till 9 p.m like that's how i live my life I mean, I don't wake up at four <laughs> at all, but I, I appreciate that side of it. Yeah. Um, you know, at least working, you know, doing the 12 hour days, seven days a week. But I'm starting to realize that there's people out there that like they're just as happy doing their nine to five, oh, yeah. working, working for the weekend, working for that five to nine. And I want to talk to those people, too. And, yeah. like, and just start seeing like what's the common denominator in everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to find that. I mean the couple people that I've had on so far have all been like hustlers and out there killing yeah. it and like real go getters. You need to find you yeah. just an average Joe. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Let's just talk, man. Like yeah. how's your boat? <laughs> Cause I think you've got, you're going to find that there's going to be both. There's going to be the person who's perfectly fine with their eight to five. Mm-hmm. They just want to be left alone. And there's yep. the person who works eight to five who bitches that they don't make enough money, yep. but doesn't want to put in more effort. Yep. Um, I want to talk to that person. Yeah. I want to have them on too. Yeah. Like now, hear me out. There's another <laughs> lifestyle you could be doing. Yes, but like what, how, what we kind of started on is like you might work for 40 hours straight, and you might not get paid. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a lot of the um, people that are like it must be nice? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people think that it's just kind of handed to you, or you just 
landed into this and they don't actually see i mean i try and showcase instagram is just a highlight reel like i try mm-hmm. and showcase the work that we're actually doing but you're not seeing what's actually happening behind yeah. the scenes so yeah you get some of those people but mm-hmm. they don't see that you're putting in 60 80 hours a week you know whatever that ends up being they don't see that i don't get to spend time with my wife or hang out here in wichita with my dogs and i'm constantly on the road mm-hmm. selling in other <laughs> markets or you know Every even I'm here this week and I have an event Monday night. I have an event tonight. I have an event tomorrow night. I have an event Thursday night. Um, Jeez. So it's literally if there's an event or something to squeeze in there, she understands. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm doing this for us and our future. But like, unfortunately, right now I'm going to be gone. Yeah. Now, (laughs) it's great because she's invited to everything. You know, absolutely. I want her to come to stuff. And as a first grade teacher, she usually travels all summer with me. Um, that's nice. So that's nice that she can kind of do that. But yeah, most people don't get to see all of that. All the hardships. Yeah. Yeah. And most people, like I said earlier, like they don't realize the stress and the depression that comes with doing it. They all just Mm -hmm. see the fun stuff that, (laughs) wow, what a cool event you got to go do and just drink tequila at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, especially with social media, I've tried to like make it a, a thing to start showcasing some like failures and show because i feel like so many people are just like they see what all these other people are doing and they just think one they have it all figured out and i'm like i'm i'm a full believer that nobody in this world has anything figured out even the people that you listen to their motivational podcast and all that like they have it figured out a bit more than you do but they don't have it fully figured out and they're still trying to figure it out each day Mm -hmm. um and that like people on social media i feel like this kind of goes without saying but you have to say it again it's like it's not what the reality always looks like Nope. It's there is hardship that's happening, and I feel like to be able to showcase a little a little bit more, at least on my own feed. I used to think show showing that side of it made you like less, I don't know, like less real or the real deal or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's like I'm starting to realize that like show showing people that like this is what it's actually like is one beneficial to them so they can understand it, but it's also like this is what really happens and this mm-hmm. is what we should be doing on social media. And not just being like, oh, check out all this stuff that I'm doing and how great everything is. And yep. it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> it's a powerful tool. And I mean, I, I I know we've had this conversation before of just I struggle with I don't like talking about myself, so I don't yeah. I don't I don't really post, but I also see the the positives behind people want to buy from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we've we've noticed it that when we post stuff on Unavita's page, like on our stories or something, it doesn't really sell. Like Maybe, you know, a hat or something. But then when Zach and I posted on our personal pages, which has one fifteenth of the follow, you know, Mm -hmm. of the following. Yep. Like (laughs) eh, not skyrocket, but compared to our company, it's just like people want to buy from real people. That's why Elon Musk has more followers than Tesla. Yep. You know, or I guess more than Twitter now, too. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah, Uh, because people want to buy from someone like him directly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just finding that balance of, like I said, I don't I feel like a douche when I talk about myself. So I don't I don't do it very often, but I do see the positive pros behind building that personal brand of yours Mm -hmm. um, and going that route. Yeah. Well, then, because if you build that personal brand then like kind of whatever you do, people are going to be bought off on. Yeah. So, you know, you're building that audience for you and then whatever you're up to, they're going to be like, I want to know what he's doing. Yeah. They'll buy anything (laughs) from you at that point. Exactly. You know, if you, if you put your name on it, they'll trust what you're doing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. So is there anything that you guys, uh, 
I don't know how to word this question, but when it comes to like tequila and stuff, is there anything that you guys, obviously it doesn't seem like you cut too many corners with a lot of stuff, but is there anything that you wish that you had with the, with Unavita to make it better? Uh, we, it's still been a long-term goal of ours to have our own distillery. Um, oh, okay. so, you know, we outsource Carlos is our ass, uh, master distiller. Um, it's just been a long-term goal of ours to have that and be fully vertically integrated and, okay. you know, be able to control everything, uh, from the ground up. Yeah. And it's just not something we're at that point yet. I think in the next five years, it'll be there. We've looked at some places, some properties and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. to kind of look like that. But then it's, it is navigating uh, the owning of real estate and, uh, you know, a company in Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got to bring people in uh, and kind of navigate through that properly. But, um, yeah, it's nice. just something else to navigate. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's learning. Uh, but, yeah, it would be nice to have mm-hmm. that in-house, yeah. uh, kind of like we do right now with Laban. Uh, and our American spirit, and, you know, our head distiller is a sixth generation farmer. Mm-hmm. So everything is literally from the ground. He's growing everything that we use to make the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's hundred percent vertically integrated of what we're doing. Nice. Um, so it's nice to be able to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I guess kind of one of my other questions is like, I saw, I think it might've been Zach post about like the evolution of the label mm-hmm. and how like you guys had this perfect image of what the label is going to look like. And then, you kind of had to, you know, I don't know if make a sacrifice is the right word, but you kind of had to go with maybe the different option just to get started. Yep. It's like, what would you tell people like to not get, if you want to start doing something, to don't not get, get so yeah. cut up in the details sometimes. I mean, I get it's hard to get, you You want something perfect, but it's not always going to be perfect. Like we just, we needed to get juice to market. And so, you know, Andy and Chris, they gave us the bare minimum that we needed. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no extra, um, to just scale the company like crazy. And, you know, a big reason too, that that kind of happened is we learned, um, in Mexico, you have to pay up front and they don't take credit cards. So <laughs> like that was something Zach and I could not bootstrap. Yeah. Uh, like we just couldn't do it. And, uh, so yeah, it's just kind of navigating. So you're telling me whenever you're buying all this stuff, you're showing up in like with a duffel bag <laughs> and throwing it across uh, and you're like, there you go. It's happened. But no, uh, <laughs> No, we are. We just have to pay up front, um, yeah. and then we're able to get product over. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just I don't know, kind of navigating through all of that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, very cool. 